Your desire to do deeper, more meaningful work is not a pipe dream nor a fantasy. It is a necessity. Welcome back to a Meathead Hippie podcast. I am your host, Emily Schramm. I am so proud to be one of many Meathead Hippies in the world, and I am so proud to have this podcast. It's so interesting because the last, I would say, three and a half, four weeks, maybe it's just Pisces season, has been the most nostalgic, sentimental return of everything I've ever done in my entire life moment. (laughs) I talked about this in a tea time with my crew and they all related. So it felt like enough of a topic to share to you all uh, through this podcast of understanding who we were and where we are going and recognizing this immense let go of who we were and where we were to get to where we are going really only comes from a deep sense of forgiveness of self. And this is so raw and real for me because I didn't even know I had things to forgive myself for. I didn't know I had any sort of resistance towards my past. I tend to stay in a very optimistic state where everything happens for a reason and there is no mistakes, as Oprah might say. It's all a giant ball of choices and decisions to get us to exactly where our feet are, yet there has to be something that we are holding guilt over us or under us or with us if we have any sort of cringing or any sort of repression towards who we used to be. And I just want to share some examples that might be helpful for you to recognize, especially as we kind of get into this end of Pisces season and beginning of Aries season, which is the astrological start of the new year where shit just takes off. You know, it's like everyone is on fire and things are going fast and things start to get ignited. And so if we're looking at starting something new and starting something fresh and starting something revolutionary, which is so Aries, right? It's this energy of let's start a revolution. I feel like every Aries season, I want to start a revolution. And then every Pisces season, I start a journal and I never finish it. (laughs) It's like, oh, yep, here we go again. And I talk about this in my book, this pages and pages and pages um, of our, you know, our notes, our thoughts that we want to start something, we want to express something, and then we just stop it. And then I looked at these pages and notebooks and half-finished things, and I had so much guilt about it instead of understanding that that was just the process for me, that sometimes I am a starter, and that's all that's needed. And I don't need to ever worry about the middle or the end. It's like reading a book to the end that you don't need to read because you don't really like it. It's like, do we really need a middle and an end? Sometimes we just needed to start something. And I love this idea that in order for us to recognize that the the impulses that we have or the desires that we have, that we wish to do more meaningful work, that we wish to do something more, that we wish to express ourselves, if we think of it as a necessity in the world that we're living in, we start to recognize our own light in a way that isn't just a, I wish it could be this way, or that feels selfish. And I have so many moments 
to share mostly about how I think my operating system was, which was talked about quite a bit in my book of do, feel, know, and then make. So if we create a life that we wish, or if we try to manifest a life that we wish, I divided it up into three places, three spaces, do the doing, feel the feeling of what it is that is unspoken and emotion and kind of the shadowy intensity side that is not always expressed well, but also always felt by yourself and by the people around you. And then there's the knowing, the K-N-O-W, the knowing of ourself, like what we know is to be true for us, whether that is, I know I'm supposed to work with this person, or I know I'm supposed to work with this group of people, or I know I'm supposed to help in this way, or I know I'm supposed to express my gifts in this way. And through that combination of doing and then feeling and then really deeply knowing that is the act of manifestation that we get to create our life. And from that place is where we get to make and make from a space that is whole, not from a space that is broken. And so when we look at our life, if we had any pieces of feel missing, if we had any pieces of no missing, maybe even had pieces of do missing, which for the majority of my listeners, I think my meathead hippies don't have any problem doing. It's more of the feeling, if anything. It's this idea that we have made things, we were makers, in a broken space. And I say broken very loosely because we're all works in progress and we're all exactly as we should be. But this is the recognition I had in this heaviness that I have felt the last few days of, oh my gosh, there has been so much I've made without really recognizing the feel and the know and the do and executing and creating not in the best space, not in the most balanced space, not because I didn't know any better in the moment, but because that was the moment that I had. It was the moment that was uh, right in front of me and I just acted and I did it. And I'm so grateful for so many of these moments, whether it was creating a (laughs) backpack turned weight training bag, or whether it was a tea company, or whether it was this podcast, there was no wrong in anything that I created, but there still is this heaviness, this guilt that has just come up because of so many conversations and so many things where I'm revisiting the person that I was in those moments. And I say this because I just know this forgiveness cannot just be isolated to just me, this self-forgiveness, this compassion, this desperation for us to just hold ourselves, not just in the present sense, but in our past sense, holding our past selves in a way that allows us to heal in these final few weeks of Pisces so that when Aries season comes, there is no question of the revolution coming from our deepest, greatest, most abundant, purest, (laughs) loving parts. And this goes back to things we've heard over and over and over again, that if we wish to express love and light in the world that we're living in today, which is so desperately needed, then we have to have that radical love and ridiculous compassion for ourselves. Because if it is not reflected in our own lives, in our own body, in our own day-to-day practice with self, there is 
no way that the love that you are giving other people can be as deep and as great as it could be. And it's not to say if you are struggling with self-love and self-compassion, you shouldn't try to love people because it's not authentic or it's not real. I think a lot of times loving other people teaches us the empathy that's needed for us to love ourselves. But if we could flip that script and remember that my love for other people, my light for other people does not matter if it is not fully present within the light and love for myself, then we would probably take it a little bit more seriously. We would do the work a little bit more. And what is that work? I know that's a term Katie Byron talks about a lot of the work, which is so many different things. But for me, it's I recognize every time I am annoyed, I am triggered, I am irritable, I am not 100% okay. And sometimes to investigate into it is a good thing, right? I'm irritated, I'm triggered. Why is that? Why, 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 right? That is my human design as an investigator. I want to know, I wanna dig to the root of the answer so that I can release it. But then it's also at the same time, this beautiful recognition that just by saying, I wish to know, I wish to bring awareness to me not being in a great place, maybe me being short, maybe me being moody, maybe me being not joyful, that in and of itself is all that is being asked of you. There's not always an action that's required when it comes to feeling. It's just giving that feeling space to say, oh, I'm here (laughs) and I'm just going to sit with it and I'm just going to sit in the shit until it inevitably passes. And it's hard too, because I've said this in so many ways and places, sitting in the shit feels as if you're going to sit in the shit forever. You know, that's why we want to get out of it. It's like, why am I sitting in this? Like, let's move on. Let's go. We got shit to do. But when we have the sit in the shit moments, and then we have the oh, I'm okay again moments and this rejuvenation that happens because it's inevitable that we move through it when we sit in it. It's never going to be stagnant. It's never going to stay forever unless we are in a victim mentality, which is a little bit different. But if we're just saying, I'm letting myself feel this sadness, if I'm letting myself feel this weight of oh, I feel so mad at myself. Why do I feel mad at myself? Well, I feel mad at myself for all these ideas I had that maybe, I don't know, they they were just insanity and they trampled over people or I felt like I had to, tra- uh, you know, like all these things that come up where you're just like, I don't even know why I'm mad, but this feeling of I need to forgive myself is so real that I just sat with it so strongly yesterday and even still today in a way that I sometimes just burst out and cry and I'm so glad. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Don't stop crying. Get it out. Get it out. And then I'm like, okay, is it done yet? (laughs) Is it done yet? Is it gone yet? Is the feeling good? Have I forgiven myself yet? Um, Should I chop an onion to make myself cry even more so that I can just release this? And it just takes a little bit more time than we ever want to give it. But just know that you're not alone if you are feeling this sense of, heaviness of what was and so anticipatory and ready to move on to what is going to be yet there is a desperation for us to recognize that any resistance to our past is the thing that we need to really step away from and look into and it's just really beautiful because when we do this at a collective scale when we all are 
looking at where we're going and then kind of sitting in this moment of where we are and then reminiscing about our past, it is quite cool because this is evolution. Like this is the progress and this can be spoken about through tarot. So I've just really kept hearing we are the daughters of tarot (laughs) so much. If you're not into tarot, uh, tarot cards, then I highly recommend either working with a tarot card reader. We have someone um, in our membership, Chelsea, who does tarot card readings. That's great at doing an introduction to tarot and also just in any little local bookshop or uh, hippie witch store, just experiencing it with somebody that guides you through it is really fun and really impactful in a cool way. But tarot is a really ancient way of understanding the the human journey and some of these feelings we're dealing with. And so when I was thinking about this podcast and also thinking about really where I'm at and really vulnerably sharing some of the deepness of this sadness that I feel that is all revolving around letting go of the past and walking away from some big things of who I used to be in order to go into an unknown space that is going to be full of energy and vibrancy and all more in alignment with my soul's purpose, right? That's the goal is like we walk away from something, not because it's, it's going to be less than we know where we're going is going to be better than it always is. It's just this hard part of being able to walk away from what was. And this is expressed in the tarot deck of cups in the seven of cups aspect. And so If you think about tarot or you think about the elements, water, fire, air, earth, uh, tarot, same thing. There's coins, wands, swords, um, and then there is a, and cups. So this cups idea is water. It's very beluga energy. Beluga energy is all about the feelings, your emotion. Belugas tend to feel deeply. So they're feeling in a way that is really intense and really beautiful. Um, That's why sound baths are more effective for belugas, especially if beluga energy is the highest percentage on your bird quiz. If you haven't taken the bird quiz, it's just the bee in the bird that allows us to recognize that we can move energy just by sound frequency and sound waves versus something like a rattlesnake which needs to use air and breath like breath work or a deer who needs something grounded like a walking meditation or a guided meditation versus an impala which is fire which needs movement and so this cups energy which is very beluga energy the seven of cups is a few things I've researched quite a bit of seven of cups because I've pulled it so many damn times, which is the stuck in decisions. Like how many decisions do we have? We have seven cups. Which one do we fill? Which one do we pick? There's so many cups. And that's always been the annoying (laughs) interpretation of it because it's the Impala. Like, I get it. (laughs) There's a lot of options. I need to, I need to understand it. You know, like that's very Impala of so many options, which one, but seven of cups also has this beautiful story if you look into the original tarot deck of ascension and so you're moving up from starting from kind of lower frequencies of a dragon all the way up into the highest ascension there's some doves or some swans and some kind of higher angelic beings so you're moving from one cup to the next and this interpretation that I love is if we have a lot of choices in front of us or if we feel as if we can't ground where we want to go or what we want to do or we're stuck in the question of what do I do, what do I do, 
then we're in the middle place of six of cups and eight of cups. So if you look at seven of cups, it's consecutive. It's right in the middle of the six and the eight, obviously. And so we're looking at, okay, well, what, how can I interpret this in a way that's relevant for me in this moment? Six of cups is very reminiscent. Six of cups is very, I am cherishing, cherishing a moment, cherishing time, looking at my past and having these sentimental nostalgic moments, which is exactly how I've been. And so if we're not careful, we can get stuck in the trap of this is how it was. And I wish it was this way again, instead of releasing it and seeing it as something to be cherished and moving from the seven of cups to the eight of cups. So if we have this decision overload or kind of understanding of what decision, where do I go moment, I always think of it in, okay, I'm cherishing what was the six of cups, but do I want to stay stuck in cherishing what was, or am I ready to move on to the eight of cups and the eight of cups, ironically, the card I pulled before I started this podcast is letting yourself walk away into something new. And I just think how relevant that is to everything I've been talking about through my blog that I have now on emilystrom.com, which I'm just so stoked that I have a blog. It's like, like literally like 12 years ago flashback, which is what started all this nostalgia, by the way. And then moving into this idea that, okay, if we are feeling this desire to do deeper, more meaningful work, regardless of what you are doing currently, if there's something new scratching at you or pushing at you or knocking at your door, there is a recognition of letting go of some of this nostalgia or some of this what was in order for us to get to whatever it is that's new, whatever that is that is waiting for you on the other side of what I believe is airy season, maybe even day one of airy season. And so I think of the six of cups and when you look at what it means to get stuck in nostalgia, it is absolutely getting stuck in not forgiving self or trying to move on without actually forgiving self, trying to just here we go. Next thing. Let's go. Yet. I still want to put myself in a box and put it in a closet and not deal with it. And it's so crazy too, because I'm even revisiting CrossFit for the first time in like four plus years, ever since I opened platform strength, I left CrossFit very much like ripped the bandaid. Once I knew it was not right for me, I was ready to leave. It was just this decision I made. And then decision was made and off I went. And I remember going to a couple Globo gyms and I would try to go to some CrossFit gyms, but because it had that timer, because it had that competitiveness, there was a element that I could not change, right? I could not change this competitive Emily, this masculine, heavy Emily that wanted to perform. And so I had to really shut out CrossFit and I shut it out so hard that I did not process why I had left it so fast. And there's so many elements to it, but to come back to visiting my sister in NorCal, who is now this badass CrossFitter and, you know, going to her classes at like 6, 7 AM, just to join her in these CrossFit workouts for the first time in years has been such a trip because it's like watching myself from above really seeing the moments where I would just 
hate myself through workouts or push myself so hard and be disappointed in myself. And I'm almost like on the edge of expecting that little side of me to come back, like watching myself. Like, are you going to go back to that pattern? Are you going to hate yourself through this workout? Are you going to beat yourself up for the whole day? And it obviously hasn't happened because I've grown, (laughs) you know? So it's revisiting these moments and really speaking to these moments of change and recognizing the change in self that has happened, right? But at the same time, really pulling out some of the stuff from the closet, really pulling out some of these moments of who I used to be and where I used to be. And in general, knowing that everything in my heart is to help people care about themselves more through movement and through nutrition and through herbal teas and medicine and you know, I just am obsessed with this idea and this, not even an idea, the, the truth that we are our own healer. We are our own empowered person to take care of ourselves, And because of that, we get to take care of the immediate family around us, friends, family, cousins, aunts, uncles, then our community, the people in our area who need it so desperately. And then however else we want to share that light and that can be globally that could be through your business but that change internally is obviously the most important thing but i also think how important it is to also recognize this self release kind of the forgiveness that needs to happen in order for new change to occur and In general, it's also like this moment of recognition of being able to prepare a little bit more, right? We are wiser and more capable and we're kind of revisiting these moments that are in a better space, right? We're more more of us, all, all we're doing with healing is bringing more of ourselves to the table, right? We're bringing more of who we are to the table. So when we revisit these moments, let's say me at a CrossFit gym, there's more of Emily at that place, right? So instead of just having part of Emily and pieces of Emily, like it was four or five years ago, all of Emily is there. Hence the wisdom and the recognition of how to do this in the right way. But there's also just like this beautiful preventative care that happens. So I have definitely been (laughs) preparing my body. I know I'm never going to do a workout fasted. I will always have BCAAs. All the essential amino acids, which are in my Empirica line, they're delicious, they are clean, and they are so important if I'm going to do an early morning workout. And then let's say it's a really intense workout where I'm spiking my cortisol because workouts are catabolic. They break things down in order for you to have a response to build up. And I've talked about this so much with adrenal support in order for my body to maintain that pace, especially if I have a lot of my workload on my plate or a lot of work on my plate. I I know my adrenals will have to be preventatively taken care of, which is why adaptogen support, something with a lot of B6 and panathenic acid and cordyceps and rhodiola and ginseng can be really beautiful for my adrenals. And so you know these things and then you implement them and then you're like, oh, okay, I can, I feel okay. I feel okay. I'm listening to my body. I'm doing, I'm feeling, and I'm knowing. And I also think the biggest piece, the most 
important component is this idea that once we kind of go into these really intense workouts, which was a thing I was missing the most, it's easy to stay in that space all day. It's easy to just drive and go and you kind of like testosterone is maybe a little bit higher and you were just in that space and it's ready to go. But now we know better. There's more Emily at the table and thank God for this amazing bird quiz that came through with Jennifer and I that it's like, okay, I really feel my throat chakra. I really feel this like rattlesnakey energy that I need to move through. And I'm going to do some breath work today because that's the way I'm going to actually feel the most difference. All meditations are great, but I do think there's something really fun about recognizing our own personal patterns and if you're a beluga doing sound baths and if you're a rattlesnake doing breath work, how impactful it can feel when it just resonates with you a little bit deeper. If you can like biohack it a little bit, right? It's like, oh yeah, that is the medicine that I needed. And so it's all support and ideas that are preventative instead of us waiting and waiting and waiting until we fall off the cliff and then we're reactive. And such a dick, right? When we're, when we're reactive, we're a dick. We're not a good partner. We're not a good friend. We're not a good sister. We're not a good brother. We're not a good anything, you know? And then we, and then we try to create from that space. We try to make from that space. And that's what I'm just so recognizing, like no matter what, like there's this deeper level of compassion and love that I have to get to for myself to really move into this new place, this new space. And I don't know what it looks like. I don't know at all what it'll be, but I do have a vision. I do have an idea. I have things taking shape and put being put in the right places. And it's been really beautiful to see this process come together. And who knows if it'll happen in a week or two weeks, or if it'll be in a year or two years, but I, I have to hold that vision and I have to believe that that's a door I can walk through. Yet at the same time, there's nothing I can walk through if I am held with a ball and chain on my foot that is doubt and guilt and shame for who I used to be, for whatever I used to be, and for creating with that space of not taking care of myself, not loving myself in that beautiful, full, holistic, well-rounded, like, you know, God, a just deep self-compassion way. Because that self-compassion is just, once you get to a deeper layer, you realize the layer you were at wasn't enough because it's never enough. It's like the only thing we need to work on because we have everything we need inside. We are the answer, right? So if that's the case, then you're like, wow, I am pretty impressive. And we never think that about ourselves until years and years and years down the road. And so what is the spark that's needed? What is the love that's needed? What is the moment that's needed for you to stop and re relax and breathe and chill, especially the next couple days. The moon is in Cancer, which is my favorite moon because it's my moon and it makes me really feel okay about <laughs> nesting and being at home and, and just being a little bit more of like the mama figure in, in people's lives, which is really not always my, you know, external appearance like it's like I'm a doer and I want to get things done but I absolutely love just pretending as if I could hug every single person because the world just needs so much love and I am so oh, so ready to like figure out how can we do that moving forward in a way that is so creatively expansive and so life-changing for everyone involved and 
I know no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, if you're trying to walk through a door, and this is page 151 of my book on M's process, you know, if there's a ball and chain at your foot, know that the only way to get that ball and chain off your foot is not by kicking it and screaming it and telling it to go F off. You know, it's about sometimes holding the ball and chain until it dissipates and envisioning that ball and chain just being completely transmuted because of the love that you decide to give yourself, whatever, whatever way and whatever style that looks like and, um, giving yourself compassion through your to-do list and your timelines and, um, in general, just to the people around you and you're going to notice it. And the final thing I want to say, and this is again, something I address quite a bit in my Thursday tea times. And I would love if you have any desire to be a part of this community, we do, not just Thursday tea times every Thursday with me where I talk about this type of stuff and we dig into how we're feeling in all the ways, but we also have live meditations, we have manifestation workshops, and we have weekly astrology chats that has just been so amazing to kind of provide this well-structured school of healing around what we're all going through. So definitely research or go into the links in my bio about the membership I offer. I would love to see you there and really share this in person live because I think it's so needed. But I talk about the goddess Kuan Yin, K-U-A-N-Y-I-N, Kuan Yin. And Kuan Yin is the goddess of compassion because she went through so much suffering in order for her to see and understand that when people put others through suffering, it's just their own deep desire for compassion and their own need for compassion. And it's this beautiful goddess that can be called in, do some research on it. Just learning about her is so fun and so impactful because it helps us kind of shape what compassion is needed in our own life and for those around us. And this deep, overwhelming love that is just so needed in the world today. And love yourself more than anything love yourself more than anything you're a meathead hippie in and of this in and of that self it's a badass thing to be and you are doing so much great work and you are putting in the work you're doing the things you need to do so don't beat yourself up to the end line because then we're there and then we're just sad (laughs) there's no success there right it's all about loving ourselves in the process Okay, I'm going to get ready for my Lion's Mane Live. So the Build Your Own Apothecary, you can also see this linked below. This is another membership offering I have where every month you get one herb a month. This is a way for you to learn all about an herb, building your own apothecary, learning about the energetics and the physical support that the apothecary herb has. And this month is lion's mane. So I'm about to go do a live tea time with lion's mane and talking all about this beautiful plant, this fungi that is so important for your brain. So it really is incredible when you're cutting caffeine or trying to lessen the effects of caffeine on your brain in general, the most important thing is that it regenerates our neurons, certain parts of our neurons in our hippocampus, our brain, our, uh, you know, beautiful overworked stress parts of our brain. So can't wait to share more about that. If you're interested in herbs or interested in learning about herbs and also about the farms who are growing the herbs, please check out the link below or look up the Build Your Own Apothecary on my website, and everything can be found on emilyshom.com. We just redid it, 
And it has been so crazy to go through all the things that I offered in the world. And I'm so grateful if you were a part of any of them. I hope that in some way I am helping you in... (laughs) This is my sister's dog, Atlas. I am helping you shape a better relationship with yourself, whatever way that, whatever way that means. And thank you for being a listener. I'll see you soon.